Hello, beautiful people. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here. I hope that you had a fantastic holiday season. I wish you all an amazing 2024 with lots of abundance, harmony, prosperity, and of course, love, health, money, and a calm nervous system. <laughs> if you're a frequent listener, thanks for your patience. I took a break during the holidays to decompress because last year was incredibly busy and I wanted to unplug and prioritize rest. So, thank you for understanding. <laughs> and while we're starting the year with a wonderful conversation with a really amazing human being, her name is Rowena Williams. Rowena Williams is a lover of life, travel, and people. She's also an activist and one of the founding members of the Rainbow Elders of Calgary. She has lived several lives. She arrived in Canada from Jamaica as a child and came out as a lesbian during her teenage years. However, loved ones around her had other plans for her. So after many years pretending to be someone else, she's finally come back to her true self. I was very happy to chat with Rowena because of her warmth, sense of humor, lightheartedness, and strong spirit. So... In this episode, we chatted about hiding parts of yourself to make others happy, love for your family, being a lesbian in the 80s and the advancements in the 2S LGBTQ plus community, being proud of your roots and coming back to your essence and your true self. Once again, guys, thank you very much for being here and for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed the very first episode of the year and that you have a fabulous rest of your day, no matter at what time you're listening. <laughs> Project 25 was born out of the obsession that we have with figuring things out. Being a 25-year-old or a 20-something is a lot. It's fun and exciting, but also confusing and weird. It's an age where we realize that maybe the goals we had for ourselves weren't really ours to begin with, an age of tons of learning and unlearning, and an age of frequently asking ourselves, what am I doing with my life? And that leaves us with a lot of uncertainty. I'm Andrea Juarez, and I created this project when I hit my quarter-life crisis. <laughs> Looking for answers, I decided to ask my family members, friends, and people I admire about their experiences being 25. What has changed? what they've learned, and their advice for the new generation of 20-somethings. Thank you very much for being here and for opening your home to me, <laughs> for welcoming me. We've planned this since last year, Sir, yeah, yeah I, but I didn't give up. <laughs> right. I, so, I was shocked when you called them going, I remember her, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, thank you for picking up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, once once I'm not busy or a thing, I always pick up my phone. I'm not one of those people who see my phone ringing and not answer it. Yeah. No, I don't do that. Yeah, no, thank you very much again for, mm -hmm. you know, welcoming me into your space and for yeah. being willing to share your stories with me. So just if we're about to start, so okay. I'm going to ask you for your age title or how will you describe yourself and if there's a fun fact about you. 
Okay, my <laughs> name is Rowena Williams. I'm 63 years old. My birthday is October the 5th, 1959. Yeah, I feel like 46. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I go by she, her, and I'll describe myself. I'm a fun-loving, outspoken, obnoxious. <laughs> I love that. I can be so obnoxious at times. It depends on the personality and the person approach. But I I am fun loving. I I love life. I love people, real people. I love to meet people from different background and uh I love to travel. But I haven't done that since 2020. But I I do love to go different places and and see different cultures and and stuff like that. And yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> What has been your favorite place you've ever traveled to? One of my favorite places St. Vincent's. And it's in the Caribbean. It was so awesome. I've been to Cuba too, but Cuba was a little bit restricted because okay. you only could go the the distance. But with St. Vincent, you get to travel like the island you could go and do whatever you want climb a tree whatever but cuba was beautiful don't get me wrong but because this was like back in the 80s so they had their restrictions you know but i still had fun and the thing is you could leave your stuff anywhere and go back and it's right there yeah. you know nobody would take it you yeah. know so it's yeah that that's <laughs> thank you for sharing that yeah. and now i'm going to ask you because you were talking about how you love to travel Yeah. So I'm curious, what did you do when you were 25? Well, when I was 25, I was married. Can I start to the marriage? Or when I was 25, I was married. You know, I knew I was gay at the age of 17. I came out at 17, and when I came out, my dad said, "No, he doesn't want me going down that road because if I go down that road, then he wouldn't have kids. He wouldn't get grandchildren from me, and I am <laughs> one of his strongest daughters. I have four brothers and four sisters. Okay, oh, wow. five girls, five boys. I mean, wow. five girls, four boys. Nine of us all together. So that was 17 years old. So when I, my dad said, okay, he give me time to whatever because. You know, I finished high school at the age of 16 when we had grade 13 back then. And when you did grade oh, wow. 13, it was like college. Like, oh, okay. it's straight from grade 13 to university. But I wanted to be a lawyer, but they couldn't afford to send me to university. So I took time off from school from, you know, because I finished grade 13. But then he didn't see any changes, you know. Instead, I... <laughs> I bring in boyfriends. I was bringing in girlfriends. So he said, no, 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 no. It's either you get married or you get out of my house. <laughs> I end up getting married at the age of 19, going on 20. I have two children. I have a son and a daughter. I have six grandchildren. Wow. My son is 43 and my daughter is 40. My oldest grandson is 22 and okay. the youngest is 9. And yeah, and at the age of 25 I was married, living with my husband and the children. And yeah, I still do what I wanted to do. I go places when I want to go to the states. I used to travel to the states to buy clothes because it was cheaper back then. Me and a bunch of friends would drive down on the weekend and go to Pennsylvania, Detroit or Buffalo or okay. straight into New York City, you know, Flatbush Avenue. I would buy jeans for like maybe five bucks that you'd pay 50 bucks here, you know. <laughs> so we decided to buy and sell like we'd buy it okay. longer and bring it back to sell it to people who would pay $20 instead of $50, right? Because yeah. we only paid five, right? So, yeah, I was still hmm, 25. I, I was still free spirit because 
25 is still young, right? But I was married with kids and my husband knew who I was, but he didn't believe it. You know, when my dad told him, he thought it was a joke, you know, that I was gay. And he said, I'm a Jamaican, you can't be gay because in Jamaica they kill us, eh? they they burn us to death. And up till this day, they still do. So, yeah. So I did the wife thing, you know. I, (laughs) yeah. I played a part. I love my dad and I wanted my family. Plus, I'm from a Seventh-day Adventist background, so my parents really didn't want me being out in. So, like, they wanted to be a hush-hush. Okay. I know you love to go to protests. Please don't let the star catch you or don't get caught on TV. That was my dad. What will people say? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I did the thing that, you know, they wanted me to do. I did just to make my dad happy. My mom, she was always, my mom is something else. She's the next thing. But, you know, my mom hates the LGBT community. She thinks we're the devil. And she thinks I'm going to hell. And she always said she give birth to the devil. So when my mom see me, she see the devil. Up till this day, yeah. So I don't have close relation. I'm an outcast, actually, by my family, my biological family, because of my sexuality. But my dad, he tried, he always, you know, because they leave us in Jamaica with our grandparents. So he thought that I was molested, but I was never molested. I was a tomboy. Nobody could touch me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? So, you know, and he started doing research and gay people, like, (laughs) gay people. Educating himself. Yeah. And And what would cause it and and stuff like that. Then he realized that it's me. This because. Ever since I was a kid, I didn't want dolls to play with. I want guns. I ride bicycle. <laughs> I climb trees. I build kites. I build an uncart. I did everything a guy could do and better. So then my dad started realizing that it's real and it's genetic. And my mom started arguing because he's saying to my mom that he doesn't have it in his side of the family. So it must be coming from her yeah. side of the family. But in the hand, we find out that it was coming from my mom's side of the family. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I have uncles and aunts that are gay in yeah. England. So, yeah, that's a little piece of my story for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of questions to go over, okay. if that's okay. But besides that one. Okay. So now you're telling me, you know, at 25, you already had a family. Yeah. And you were playing the wife part. Mm-hmm. But I also want to ask, what was in your mind? Back then, what did you think when you were 25? Well, I was always gay. In my mind, party. I'm a party person. <laughs> I I was flamboyant. And I was always out with different girls when I get lucky, you know. I always just want to have fun. I was just that party person. I did a lot of clubbing too, yeah. <laughs> and now when you're saying that, this, the next question is a little bit broad because it. You know, it can be like different aspects of your life. But from when you were 25 to this day, <laughs> what has changed in the world, in yourself, a in your environment? Change. Oh, my goodness. A lot of change. Wow. Like from 25 to now. First of all, these LGBT community advance a lot. Because back then, you couldn't be as out as you are. You always have to be in the closet. But we always could tell each other when we see each other. Like, I don't know if it's a magnet or what, but <laughs> we could always detect. Even even a, with me, if a girl is in a high heel and, and lipstick, and I could say, hey, you, yeah, and, and boom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm attracted to, to, we call them lipstick lesbians. So I, 
I would say a lot of change. We got freedom. I mean, oh, God, it's... The kids, it's better, like better compared to, to when I was 25 or even 17 because we still had to be in the closet and we had to still be careful. And even if we're gay, we couldn't be outright with it like, oh, we are right now. Yeah, Everything had to be like private and ush-ush. So I see where the LGBT has grown and now they have more privilege than what they had maybe say 30, 25 years ago or more. Yeah. Yeah. I've been here since 73. And like in your personal life, what has changed? Well, my personal life, I become back who I am. I become that lesbian that I was born to be. <laughs> I lost my husband in 1992. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, he had a car accident. He actually went to Jamaica and they all died. There was four of them in the car. Nobody survived. I don't oh my God. That happened in Jamaica. I went to visit his mom and his family, and that's how that ends there. But what changes that I actually live in the life that I am, that who I am, a lesbian, a born lesbian, it's not by choice. It's me. And I have no regret having my children because they're awesome. I grow them with an open mind. And awesome. they, well, my son doesn't, who like me being gay but yeah but my daughter she's okay with it but my son he has his own issues about Opinions. being gay yeah so yeah we're kind of like yeah but yeah but yeah now I'm living my life and I've been living my life now for the past 20 years my wow. life life yeah and it feels good <laughs> it feels awesome what it's great freedom The kids are growing, they finished college, they did their grade 12, they got their big job. They're married, they got their own kids, and yeah, they're good. And, you know, they'll call, Mom, are you okay? Do you need this? Yeah, they're good, they're good. They don't bother me, and I don't bother them. <laughs> Christmas come, if I want to go, and they invite me, and I feel like going, I'll go. Yeah. Yeah, the family is big. I, as I said, I, I'm from a very large family, and they're very yeah. close. Yeah. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And I also want to ask you, so things have changed. Yeah. And I want to ask you now, from when you were 25 to this day, how have your beliefs changed and what you do? So right now, where do you dedicate your time in? And what do you think now compared to when you were 25? Has anything changed or do you still have like the same core beliefs? A lot changed, you know. Right now I'm not working. I'm a heavy equipment operator. I, I drive from Escalade to Bulldozer to Packer. I used to work on roads and middle sidewalk. I used to help to oh, do wow. those. But when my knees start hurting, that's when I, my doctor said this is it because it's bone and bones and... Yeah, and this happened in 2019. So, yeah, I haven't worked since 2019. I know we chatted a little bit about, you know, what has changed in the world, in yourself. But what has been your biggest challenge and how do you deal or dealt with it? The world has changed with COVID. I mean, COVID yes. changed the world big time. Like, to me, it's like the world stands still. I remember where I was on March the 11th, 
and we were told to go home and, and not to come out. And, and we were wondering, like, what the heck is going on? Is there a, like a nuclear thing? Is there a war coming or what? Like, we were all confused. And we did this in respect to the law of the land. And we thought it was going to be for a week or a couple of yes. months. But <laughs> it took years. And then yeah. after I have been in my house, I couldn't go anywhere unless I'm going to the doctor's office or going on the pharmacy. You couldn't even go. They bring your medication to you. And then here you come telling me I have to take a vaccine. Like, hello, what am I being vaxxed for? And what was going on out there when I was in here? And you couldn't go anywhere unless you were a nurse, a police officer, a firefighter. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. So then after that, I'm here. I can't touch nobody. I can't hug nobody. I have to wear a mask. I have to sanitize every day. Now, where the hell am I going to go to catch germs? Like, uh, where <laughs> do I catch a disease? Like, no, that is a next big puzzle for me. Mm-hmm. And then, and a lot of people die. My daughter almost died. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, and I was very angry, very, very angry. It almost, and the reason why she, you know, she's a nurse. She works in a lab. She does blood and pee and and poo. She's yeah. a lab technician where she tests the blood. Yeah. And she, it almost killed her. And I felt her pain. I was angry. Because what the heck is that? And she's a healthy person. Like, all she had was a shot because she's complying to the rules and the regulation or the regulation. So that's a next big change that I see. And then everybody had this phobia and this fear of touching. Even if you sneeze, it was like, oh, my God. Is, oh, what is coming out of her? <laughs> you know, is that contagious? Yeah. Normally Get people... kind of like paranoia. Yeah. Paranoia, that's the yeah. word. Yeah, exactly. So that's a big, big change. Oh, My biggest challenge is racism. I'm going to be honest. Still is until this day. And especially in this community here. It's, but we end up cultivating this this East Village here. Yeah. Like before, if you know the neighborhood, you know these buildings wasn't here before. Okay? Yeah, it was, it's very new. Yeah. So it was more like, a lot of prostitutes, drug dealers. And then you have the people that live in this community for like 30, 35 years. And yeah, they tell you good stories. Trust me. And <laughs> so we were doing a project on racism. So, and it was, I don't know if you know Michelle Robinson. She's the indigenous Indian and this Chinese lady called Mei Chan. So the three of us were doing a project with the city. They asked us to do it. Because I'm telling them that racism is real because I experience racism every day, everywhere. So when we get the survey together and we start doing the survey here, 95% of the people in this neighborhood were racist. They tell me straight up, bro, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be talking to you. Oh, my God. So, yeah. And the racist one, this is what I like. I like when you tell me that you're straight up racist. I don't like black people. I know where to go with you. So I buy if you don't want answer fine because I know you don't like me. The ones that I don't like is the ones that hate you, embrace you, and stab you in the back. I don't like those ones. And they are more than the ones that tell you to go F yourself. So I decided to go out on the train and the bus to do the survey, and that's what I did. And the feedback that we get, it was amazing. We realized that Calgary is freaking racist. And 
Yeah. Yeah, I've heard so. So that's one of my biggest thing. Now I want to ask you kind of like the opposite question. Okay. So if you could share about a time in which you succeeded, what happened and what do you do? Whatever success means for you? Well, I don't know if this is success or not, but it was success for me. I was homeless for seven years oh, wow. here in Alberta, Calgary. I was living in the Salian, the Salvation Army, for like six months. And then they transferred me over to the YWCA because you're only allowed to spend six months. I was always working regardless. And they, they were charging me, I think, $125 or $175 per month for the room because... You're working, you have your own little room, and you get your meal. Like it, It's cool. It's yeah. nice, you know? It's like a home away from home. But yeah, so it's good it's to a know shelter. that they do that. Yeah, w- it's a shelter, but it's uh, good. good. Yeah. So I was homeless, and after I did my six months there, six months there, I had to leave because you're only allowed to stay six months. So I had to go out and, and find a room, which they helped me find a room, but the thing is, I love to cook. I love to eat curry. I love to eat fish. So when I start cooking, the tent, the landlords would complain, what is that? Yeah, cooking curry, you know. So it was hectic. So I had to, I never stay in one place like for two months. Okay. Because everywhere I go, they complain about my cooking and I wasn't eating out. I had to eat my food. I was working hard. I had to take lunch to work and all of this. I couldn't spend money the way I wanted because yeah. I was struggling. Yeah, okay? of course. But I wasn't suffering, but I didn't have it like that. But yeah. So anyway, then I applied for Calgary housing. It took me seven years and the hell that you had to go through to get in here, like the paperwork, the the back and forth. It's like constantly you have to be in the headquarters and all of this. I had a Jeep, a tracker, and... One day I'm, I'm at work and my phone ring and they go, can I speak to Rowena? And I said, speaking. Oh, this is Calgary Housing and we have this place. I'm like, what? I run to my boss <laughs> and I said, listen, man, I got to leave right now. He goes, who died, Rowena? I said, nobody died. I said, remember I told you I'm homeless. Calgary Housing just called me and they said they had a place. Go, 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 you go, go, do your thing, my boss. Oh, yeah. God, I love him, Ray, Ray. <laughs> I jump in my car, in my work clothes. When I moved in here, I was paying like $1,500 a month eh, when I first moved in. That was like eight years ago. So anyway, I came and I looked. I, you see, I said anything as long as it's a, a, a one bedroom with a living room, a kitchen, yeah. a bathroom. It's me. I don't care yeah. where, what, what. So when I came and I said, I, signed, I said, yeah. <laughs> and I just signed the lease. But the thing is, they wanted a down payment. Like um, mm-hmm. what you call right it, right away. Yeah, the, the, when you the, when you pay in the back, they needed five hundred dollars, and I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. The only thing I had was my jeep. So I go to one of my friends that I know thought he was a friend, and I asked him to loan me five hundred dollars until my payday. You know, I used to get paid every week. Yeah, but I'm saving. But the way I'm saving. I can't touch it because it's like a term deposit, right? Yeah. So I only can touch it. And he looked at me and he goes, hmm. so you want to sell the Jeep, eh? I said, yeah, I don't want to sell it, but I need $500. I'll pay you next yeah. week. Or if I don't pay you next week, I'll give you half next week and half the next. 
He goes, I'll make a deal with you. He goes, sell. I just put a brand new motor in my car, a brand new motor, <sighs> and brake shoe. So it's up to par. Like I keep my car up to par. Yeah. But it was an old model standard, and it was solid. Like it made. It was a nineteen. I think it was a nineteen ninety two. And he goes, I'll give you twelve hundred dollars. I said, oh, I said, you know, it worth more than that. I just put in a. He goes, come on, you need the money, don't you? Don't you want your Aww. own place? And Andrea, I said, give me the money, take the car. I said, okay, can I make a deal with you? He goes, what? I said, okay, when I get back the money, can can you give me back my car? He goes, yeah, yeah, let's sign to it. You know, when I got that twelve, I got my 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 what you call it, the income tax. Yeah. And I, I tried to get my car. He said, no. He said, I'm not giving you this. That's deal is a deal. I go, but we signed that when I have the money. I can. He goes, that's only paper. That's not a receipt. I, anybody can write that, he said. Oh. So <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense to the question you asked, but that was my success, like coming from out of homelessness to here. Yeah. It, that's a success to, to have my of own course. place. yes. And I'm still here. To me, that is my success. But although I had other things, you know, but that had to do with my husband and my kids. That's way back then. You know, but this is for now. This is what happened in 20, oh, 2016, 2015. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. So from 2016 to now, that's this is what happened to me. Yeah. Like, and you're living comfortably. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't have big fancy furniture. <laughs> But it's home. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you always need a place to yes, call home. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that anecdote. Yeah. And now I want to ask if you could share a time in which you failed, whatever that means to you, and what happened, how did you handle the situation, and what did you learn? The only failure I can think about is my girlfriend. And, yeah, we've been together for like 10 years, and... We're always talking, like, my mom knows about her. My family knows about her. Everybody knows about her. So we decided to go to Trinidad. I think it was 2013, before I got here, right? Around 2013, because I came to Alberta 2009 from Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah, I relocated 2009. I've been here 50 years. I came to Canada in 73. I was a child. (laughs) <laughs> My parents bring eight children from Jamaica here. <laughs> anyway, so we decided to go visit her family in Trinidad, right? And um, I always say, does your mom know about you? Like, does your mom know about you being gay and all this? She goes, yeah, my mom knows. Everything is cool. So she said, uh, you know, it was Christmas, so I work hard. And she, wa- you know, she said, let's go to Trinidad. You know, let's go meet my family. Andrea? I went the first time as her mom see me, her mom called me a it, like it. And I, I called, I turned to her and I go, "What does she mean by it?" She, and she said, "Oh, don't pay, don't mind, you know, because Jamaican and Trinidadian we speak different, but we, if we listen carefully, we can understand each other." So anyway, um, everything was good. We eat, we drink, but her mom always like, give me these little eyes, like you know them curious little eye, like. Who is, is she this a person? Man? Is she a woman? Them oh. like those kind of lookers. Okay. Who is she? Like, what's going? You know, are they friends? So anyway, we went there for two weeks. So anyway, one Sunday we went to church because her mom is a pastor, and we went to church. So after church, her mom decided she want to have a conversation with me. Like, 
she want to get to know me better and i said yeah. okay okay so i feel good because i said well she, she wants to meet she me she want to meet her daughter in law you know like i so she started talking she asked me what me do for living i told her i i operate every equipment she goes oh that's a man's job i go well yeah i like challenging work i like to get dirty and that's what i enjoy doing and that's what i like yeah So she goes um so how did you meet my daughter I said well it's weird because I just see her walking down the street and I as I see her it's like wow who is this she look like a champion eh she's like she yeah. really looked like she was on the other side of the street and as soon as me and I make for I go damn it as soon as I say damn in my mind she cross I said Jesus she cross <laughs> and this is me talking to her mom eh <laughs> I'm telling her mom how I met her daughter, like, and her mom just standing there, like, listening to me, eh? and she there, but, mm, listening keenly, and then I thought she was all, you know, so then I went on, and then I said, you know, and that's how we met, you know, and we started talking, we exchanged number, and then fall in love with each other. She go, what? Yeah? I said, yeah, I want to marry to her, too, you know, I, I want us to be, she goes, what? You crazy? Married to my daughter? Okay, two women get married. This is our mom, right? Trust me, Andrea. Old family. Like, I'm from Canada, and I'm in Trinidad. Being gay, didn't know my partner, didn't tell her parents or her family about us. Because if I had taken her to Toronto, she'd get a warm welcome. I had to leave and go to, one of the aunties took me in. Yeah, it was like, what? Like, excitement. She got upset with me because she wasn't there. It's just me and her mom was having a conversation. She got upset with me for telling her mom about us. But you lied to me. You you said yeah, your, she mom told knew, you, you guys, your mom knew yeah. about us. Yeah. That's a failure right there. I I was shocked. I was disappointed. She felt like I shouldn't have told her her mom because I did know her mom well enough. I said, "Well, you freaking lied to me. You told me that your mom knew." Yeah. We never talk about this that once, not twice, but we I always ask you if your parents know if your mom because she, her mom is always calling saying hi to me on the phone. Like we talk good on the phone until she actually see me in real and it wasn't okay okay welcome yeah. welcome thing, right? I would consider that and me and me and her has been like it hasn't been the same since then. Okay, but we still talk and she spend most of her time like she would be in Trinidad for six months and her, and then as soon as she comes back to Canada, the phone would ring her mom has an heart attack and she has to fly back down. This keep going on ever since then and it hasn't stopped. So her mom died last year. So now she's there because her mom has a church and mm-hmm. they had a shop. So I guess her mom left everything in her name because yeah. She was the one who was actually taking care of certain things with the mom. So she's is the same she's back and forth. So that kind of put a damp on the relationship. Yeah. And yeah, it it hasn't been the same. So I I I said that's a failure. I talk too much, don't I? That's okay. No, no, no. That's that's what podcasts are for. I don't know if it makes sense, but <laughs> no, but it, it, it felt it's, like a failure. It, it's to it's you. my failure. It, yeah. It's a failure. And we're talking about the no, you know, like no, right? So yeah, she's in Trinidad now. She now the brother gets sick, she had to go down. So like anytime anything go wrong, it's she have to fly. So that's my failure. Like I don't know if I'm on track or but yeah. 
No, thank you for sharing it. We all have different experiences. And yeah, sometimes what a lot of people have told me is that the failures also serve as lessons that we can learn. Well, from. the lesson I learned, not to trust anybody. <laughs> That's the lesson learned. Yeah. And anything anybody say to you, it's not always the truth. All right? Yeah. That's my lesson learned. Do not trust. Not even your partner, because they're liars. That's that's me. Yeah, that's it. Next question. <laughs> Thank you, Rowena. Now I want to ask you, what has motivated you or what motivates you? What motivates me is me. I love that. <laughs> yeah, me motivate me because when I was in Toronto, I had my mom, I had my brothers and sister. So things wasn't challenging as when I came here. My mom always used to tell us that we were lucky. We were so fortunate, but I never understand it because we used to get name calling like the N-word and there's things that I wanted to do I couldn't do. I wanted to be a lawyer. I couldn't go to, to, to university because they claimed that they were rich with both incomes together. They could afford to send me, which They know they damn can't send me because they were doing the wrong kind of calculation. But anyway, when I came to Albert, I realized life. I didn't know what homelessness was and I didn't have any friends. And it's like me, me and I and, and myself, it's me, myself and I. I met a few good people along the way that point me in the right direction, like even from the Sally Ann, and I end up doing life skill. I was trained, at life, I did a life skill to know exactly how Calgary is because it was a province different from Toronto. Yeah. And I it was in Toronto for like 36 years, so it's a different old settled, old layout. So I went back and, and I educate myself. I, I get to know the city, the rules and the law, and abided by them. And yeah, so I would say I motivate myself by getting to know, ask questions, read a lot, spend a lot of time in the library. Yeah. You know, you um, have it here very close. Yeah, <laughs> it, it used to be at the thing. Yes, yes, yes. At, right at the market. Yeah. They just bring it across the street. So, and I used to take the bus and get lost and find my way. It's me. I, I motivate me. I know who I am, what I am, and I know where I want to be five years from today. Yeah. yeah. I do have an aim and a goal. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you for sharing because I'm actually going to ask you now because you said that you know what you're going to do in the next five years. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to ask you, what are your goals or plans for the future? Well, I want to travel the seven sea. I would like to travel the world. I want to be an explorer. I would love to have a lot of children around me so we can tell. I like to tell stories. You can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> so I like kids. I want little children so I can sit and tell them stories, real stories. Yeah. So I would make them scary and so I would make them go, <clears throat> because I'm telling them my experience and my journey. Yes. You know, because my life is a journey. Yes. And my life is an experience. So. Yeah, I would like to travel the world and, and meet kids. I, when I get much older and think, I want kids around me. Kids anywhere between the age of five to 12. <laughs> so what what thinking, they, they can think, although you have some two-year-old very smart. But if I see them, I'll grab them too. But yeah, <laughs> I just want to sit and, and just listen to them, ask questions, and share my thought. Because, listen, kids... 
can teach seniors. Yes. A lot of parents whom I've interviewed, they say that their children have taught them a lot. Yes. Yeah. Kids are smart. Yes, yeah. they are. Especially these ones born with computers. We had to think. They just go, <laughs> dut, dut. yeah, and Google this Siri. <laughs> we had to go, mm. but these guys, they just take up the phone or take up the computer. Okay, it's bop, 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 bop. Okay, oh, did you know that? It's right there, mom. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah getting stuff done. <laughs> yeah. If the next question is going to be, what do I have to tell the kids? Is just tell them to be themselves. Love themselves, you know. Let your thinking, let your mind be yours and nobody else. And listen to your heart and your mind because whatever the heart or the mind says, you know, and always love you. And if you don't love you, you can't love nobody else. It's all about you because what you is is what you put out there, right? Yes. That's what I would tell the kids, you know. It's, it's all about you. You know, if you're gay and you know you're gay, and you're not bi, don't let nobody tell you you're bi. You are gay, you know. And it's whoever you f- you feel comfortable within yourself, who you is, that's who you are. Thank you. God created it all, you know. We have to know ourselves. Once you know yourself, then you're good to go. Nobody can break you. Yeah. It's all about you because it's you and you and you on your journey. People do stop sometimes, but they don't stay, so... You just keep moving and move with a positive attitude. Always think positive and stay away from negative energy and negative people. Yeah. That's what I would tell the children. Thank you, Rowena. I do have two more questions. Go ahead. If you could go back to when you were 25, would you change anything or make yes. things different? <laughs> I wouldn't get married. I wouldn't get married. But... I have no regrets with my kids, but if you don't get married, how would you have kids, you know, because my kids, they're awesome kids, right? they're great. <laughs> we can't talk, you know, but I, mean, but I I wouldn't get married. My husband, he was an asshole, so, and if I decide to get married, it wouldn't be him, you know, <laughs> but we had, we make beautiful children, they're great, you know, they're not in no trouble, they listen, they go to school, they did their homework, yeah. now they're living their own life, so my mom, that's one good thing my mom always said about me, she gave me credit for being a good mother, although I'm gay, you know, like, you're yeah. a good gay mother, <laughs> at least you didn't grow your children to be gay, I said, no, I didn't, I grow them like a human being, with a hope in mind, exactly. they, they know their mother is gay, they have to make choices for themselves, and I didn't do anything in front of them to make them feel less of themselves. You understand? I didn't do, like, if I have a girlfriend after the dad die, my girlfriend would be their auntie. We wouldn't do stuff around them, like hug and kiss and stuff, like I wouldn't do that in front of my kids. It was always private. So they never ever see me kissing my girlfriend, but they, until they reach a certain age and they go, oh, so that was your girlfriend, eh? We keep calling her auntie. <laughs> the auntie. Yeah. <laughs> when they get older, they realize that, holy shit, mom, you had so much of those aunties. <laughs> like, we used to have so many aunties and I'm wondering, where the heck do we get so much aunties from? And also, you were a lesbian. Jeez, God, you have waited till I'm 19 to tell me this. Well, you got to understand life. You got to know the difference. Some kids don't take it good. Some people, they run out, they go on drugs, they start drinking, and you didn't want that for your children. Yeah. You, you want them to grow normal, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's me. 
and that's how I see life. Yeah. Next question. And already told us some really amazing advice. Is there anything else that you like to add in terms of that advice, or do you think we're good? Oh, the new generation. This generation, them wiser than us. Eh? These guys, I don't know. These are a different kettle of fish. These kids, like. <laughs> I, I, what I said, they're different. They're, to me, they're they're like what they call it, the IA, the AI, what them new yeah, artificial intelligence. Does yeah. the you know like it's crazy. Yeah. So all I can do, I'm, as I said, I tell you what I'm. But for now, I'm watching because there is. <laughs> listen, the worst is yet to come. Okay, the worst is yet to come. And these kids. They're smart. They're more advanced than me because I, I'm 64 next week. I respect them. And I hope to God when they see me, they treat me with respect and I will respect them too. Because some of these children, they don't like to respect the elders. So just respect the elders. This is what I would say to these generation, the AI or the IA, <laughs> respect your elders because the elders have a lot to tell you, to teach you. We can both teach each other because you're a computer and we are to we're the thinkers. We're the thinkers, we're the shakers, we're the you know, we we have the wisdom and we have the know how because we're hands on. You guys are machine. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I would say to them. Thank you. And yeah, is there anything else that you like to share that you think it's important and I didn't ask you? What I would like to see is equality. I love to see equality for my race. I wish the, the racism would have stopped. I wish these people would know the truth that we are the ruler of this planet. You understand? They came here and see us. We didn't come and see them. You know what? Anyway, yeah. that is the next story for your next time. Because up to this day, I'm still trying to figure out how the heck did they let my aunt all my ancestors get captured by these guys because when you get to know what you know you have to ask question yes. how how did it happen you know yeah. but it did happen so we have to also face reality i would love to be really equal and involved in anything As a Negro person, I don't want to, because of my skin color, I'm a great ear. You go figure that I can't. Or because my English is not as good as yours, you figure say, I don't know. And yeah, I would love to see some of that disappear. And people get to know you before they start judging you. Yeah. And yeah. You know, racism is real here. It's really, It is. real. Yeah, you know? and it's everywhere. It is. Uh, I, I hope I answer that, you know. You know, there were struggles and things, but yeah, I survived it all. I, uh, I'm not rich, but I'm comfortable. Yes. I, I, I don't have tons of money in the bank, but God provide food for me and a roof over my head. And although I can't think, my bills are being paid. I live within my budget. I, I don't buy what I don't need. I... And I don't go anywhere anymore because I can't dance anymore. I can't do anything. I can't even stand for long. But I'm happy and I'm comfortable. And I still push myself to go out and do. I do a lot of volunteering at the CARA and wherever needed. And when the knee is good, I, I do a lot of volunteering. Yeah. And that's what I do. It's a way to give back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love to give back. And I love to do community service work. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that was all. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be able to speak with you and to hear your story and your amazing advice. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can share this episode with your friends, community, or with someone who may benefit from this conversation. You can also rate the show and leave a review and follow it on Instagram at project25.podcast. This is a one-woman show, so if you feel like donating as another way to support, you can go to paypal.me slash project25podcast. And finally, if you'd like to share your story or know someone who does, feel free to email me at andrea.project25 at gmail.com. You can also send me your comments and suggestions in case you want to see someone you like here. And that's all from me. Bye-bye!